Blog Talk Radio. show is supported and paid for by La Cosa Nostra Radio. All expressed views and opinions of the host and guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of La Cosa Nostra Radio and its leadership. And welcome to La Cosa Nostra Radio Open Poetry, Boo and Jay. Um, La Cosa Nostra is a family unit located on allpoetry.com, allpoetry.com, the world's largest poetry community. I want to thank Kevin and the crew for giving us a place to call home, hanging our hats, and just chilling out. And without further ado, let me bring on the virtuoso herself, the boss, Boo. Hey, Boo. 
been better. You know, I'm feeling a little, uh, got a little bit of a headache today, but we're fighting through it, and we're going to have a great show. Okay. All right. Let me go to the phone lines, and first of all, let me welcome in uh, Linda. Hello, Linda. Hi, JC. How are you? Hi, Boo. Hi, Linda. Hey there. That was beautiful playing. You like the black clothes? Yes. Thank you. How are yeah, you guys? I love the black crows. <laughs> uh, I'm dealing with a headache. Uh, sounds like Blue's doing pretty good. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> it's not, okay. I hate headaches. It happens. You know, especially yeah. when, the, when when springtime and the sinus and the uh, um, allergies kick in and everything like that, it makes everything oh. so much worse. Yeah, we're still snowing up here. No allergies yet. <laughs> No, it was pretty nice out today, but still it's dried up right and on. everything like that. So let yeah. me continue on this we'll phone lines. And, oh, I'm, I will bring in Wayne. Hey, Wayne, how you doing? What's up, JCA? Hi, Wayne. Linda, Booth, how y'all doing tonight? Sorry, here's a headache. Hi, Wayne. That happens this time of year. Really does, really does. Okay, let me keep. <laughs> it's okay, and yeah, let me bring in Dave. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Hey, Mr. Jay, Prophet. I'm okay. Hey, Dave. Hey. hey, Dave. I don't know how much, how long I can stay on with you guys tonight. We've got a windstorm going on up here, and uh, it's already knocked my modem down twice. Had to reboot itself, and you know, I'll probably lose power. So. But I'll I hang in there until it goes away. So <laughs> the same thing. Okay. Well, we'll get we'll get you uh, red first thing then. But uh, first of all, let me uh, welcome one more person onto the phone line, and that'd be Raz. Hey Raz, how you doing, brother? Raz, hey Raz. Yeah, sorry hearing all of you going through severe weather. Miami was just really hot today. A bit. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. Damn. <laughs> damn. 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 <laughs> Oh, it sucks to be you. Uh, <laughs> That's oh, but, the majority uh, of the year. No severe weather. I don't weather. know what temperature I'd, I'd, I'd like right now. But, uh, all Glad right. to hear you guys well, talk we... about the heat. <laughs> it reaches points of breaking uh, records with the global index. There was one day really? it was nearly... 111 degrees here recently. Well, we're having like global we're having warming kind of a heat wave. <laughs> we're having a heat wave here too. We broke 35 yesterday. <laughs> there you go. No, I'm I'm not kidding. It's a heat wave. I know here. you're not. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the snow. It's snowing as we speak. All right. With the with the weather reports from across country, we're going to start the poetry now. <laughs> and, uh, Dave, lead us off. Okay. All right. Well, um, I wrote this one. Um, I'll just let, I, I'm not going to say anything more about it. I'm just going to go ahead and read it, and you guys see if you can figure out who it's about. Um, 
It's called um, Dark Sorceress. <clears throat> the smell of cotton candy and gunpowder invades my room in a swirling purple haze. I could feel her hydrogen alpha eyes dancing across my face, tingling caresses from the queen's eyes, low-octave breathy utterances in the solar wind of her dark energy lips, seductive whispering like gravitational lensing. Her words to me, David, my man, I want to touch you. Will you allow it, please? Such a silly question, my queen. Your touch is always welcome. I can see inside your dreams, my man. I know you want me, which pleases me. She kissed me on with her black lips, supernova intensity in her touch. I know the women of all poetry from your friendships with them. I love this part of you, my man, your appreciation of them as women. You have been friends with the dark one. She is most interesting to me as a human and as a woman. She is beautiful within her darkness. She has this other level of intellect that I detect. Her ability to read people is otherworldly. These pictures she sends her friends matches their persona so well. You've known her for a long time. You've been through weather with her. Still, you two are fast friends. She feels deeply for her friends. Her very soul is linked to pleasing them. I have not found a female soul to equal hers, for she is a wonderment unto the cosmos. I will love her as well. My queen, the lady you speak of, we call a dark butterfly. Her grace shines into the center of every black hole in every galaxy. Would you introduce me to her? I hope she would not be afraid of my natural countenance. I have a gift for her. Continues. End poem. <laughs> uh, that, that is a clever piece, and I can uh, see the um, see the crayons, the crayolas all over that there. <laughs> Very yeah, clever right. there. <laughs> they melt it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Linda, what do you think about that? Well, um, Dave's stuff is always so uh, cosmic, if I may say, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and and this just matches all along with your stuff, Dave. Um, it's really cool. Um, Dark Mother is starting to come out and get to know us a little bit better. Are we getting to know her a little bit better? Um, that's kind yeah. of nice. But yeah, this. Uh, it shows uh, the opening up of, of a flower, kind of, and we're getting to meet each petal and, you know, becoming friends ourselves with the Dark Mother. So good share, David. Oh, thank you, Linda. Thank you very much. And Wayne, what did you think? Very welcome. I said, uh, I said uh, the Dark One seems like women and men. I think you're speaking of. Uh, I think the person you're speaking of is uh, JCA. I mean, uh, no, I mean Dave Deverly. Uh, did, uh, didn't the Dark Mother say anything about me? I used to date her. Uh, we, we're, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is a fine poem. This is a fine poem and a great tribute to Deverly, and I enjoyed it a lot. Good job. Oh, uh, thank you, Wayne. Thank you. And I also want to say hello to Patrick, Lizzie, and Joseph Moon out on the board. Great to see everybody out there. Hi guys. Let me get a. Let me get a comment from Raz. Yeah, there's definitely an evolution here of Dave Prophet's invention, the Dark Mother, and she seems to be <laughs> all antimatter in the universe. So, whatever reason she's interested in his computer time, 
I think you might have to do with uh, some kind of conspiracy with the modem, but that's just my own personal observational point. <laughs> Thanks, <Russ. laughs> Oh, cool. That that is an excellent, excellent comment. You did so well on that. Uh, let me see. Where are we gonna go from here? Um, do you want to say anything about that, Boo? Yeah, I do. Hi, Dee. I thought that was really good. So colorful and brilliant, and I could hear your admiration in the words. And, you know, you're a sweetheart, by the way. You get, sometimes gets the wrong head wrap, but I see good there. And I think that's beautiful and flattering. Great work. Well, thank you, Boo. I just lost my power, so I'm dead in the water now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. All right. Well, what I'm going to do is run on the flash generator. I'm going to read my poem and, and uh, um, just uh, because my my mind is a little bit um, slowing down here, but I want to I want to get this going ahead and getting everybody read. And I call this the prologue of the soldier and the gold finch, a uh, series that I'm working on. So I hope you uh, I hope you guys like this. It goes like this. He sat on the floor, back against the rock-hard mattress of his finely made bed, his mind doing mortar-shell acrobatics as he stares at his phone. He just looked at the face, a person he called brother. They shared laughs, they shared advice, they shared the sound of gunfire, but one thing they didn't share anymore, life. Soldier was wondering why it wasn't him, why he didn't fall that day. Each rocket that came in behind the line, those tiny mushroom clouds, the alarms, the bunkers. But it was a stray bullet from a half a mile away, entering through the arm and resting in his aorta. There was no pain there, was no time to react. All there was was blood on the sand. Soldier could not show emotion. He already did that. He just had enough time to wonder, was it better to be depressed or apathetic? He looked at the bedstand. He always noticed what was on the bedstand, a fifth of whiskey, a bottle of oxycodone, and his insurance policy. All it would take is one quick twitch of his trigger finger. There would be no more wondering, no more regret. He could remove the burden he saw in himself. He continued to look at his phone, at the face that was now six feet underground before a a pill stone slab. He shut down his phone and looked at the bedstand again. There was no one else around. They had all left. It was then he heard something, something different, something that confused him. It sounded something like a song, a voice calling out to him. He looked and saw a goldfinch, the most beautiful bird he had ever seen, with the music of infinity reaching into his chest 
and removing a black cloud. Soldier found his tears again. End poem. Whoa. Okay, that's deep. Dave, what do you think? We just Beautiful. lost Dave because we lost power. Oh, okay. Linda? Power outage. I thought that was astounding, my friend. What a beautiful, honest piece. The journey home sometimes is longer than just being here. and um, But accepting that which happened, man, this was just a fucking awesome ride. Um, I had adoptive brothers come home uh, from the war and, and were pretty messed up. And I saw firsthand what it did to a person. Um, and in times of normality, how that could slip away in a second with my my brother would, would see something or hear something and just be back in the war and we would be out shopping or something and I'd be left with this crazy man and I'd have to call my brothers and my mother to come and get us, and it would just be horrendous. But I saw firsthand what what the memories can do to a guy, you know. And um, I, I really, really thought this piece was wonderful. And it does show a a lot about you know how how the 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 thinking goes. But this really touched me deeply, JC. I, I really loved it. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> Wayne. Yes, uh, this uh, this is a wonderful, deep, sad poem, and thank God for the outcome. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I could have took the other option. You wrote a masterpiece here, JCA. It's a wonderful. Vets are having a rough time, and there's not a lot that's working for them. Uh, you, you said a whole lot in this point here. It's wonderful, wonderful, just simply wonderful. Great job. I appreciate that. Thank you. Razzle-dazzle. Yes, I messaged JCA with a point and uh, my interpretation. Even after all the barbarities of war, there are miracles of nature like the goldfinch who exhibit noble and peaceful stature to the earth's constant pressures. And I feel this plays in part with uh, what he's describing, the revelation of the soldier going through uh, those uh, traumatic and violent experiences, but uh, noticing that the goldfinch of itself was a a higher enlightenment that uh, does not ever seek out any kind of war, what it brought him to tears. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I don't remember who else is here today. No, no one. Just you. Okay. Did you say that this is the first part of your series, right? Yes, this is the the prologue to it. This is this introduces it. Yeah, this is very very sad, and uh, but then there's hope there with the bird. What's the significance of the goldfinch? I don't. I'm not sure on that one. There's there's a lot of significance behind it. It's just it's something that people have to look up. Okay, good poem. Thanks. <laughs> 
I appreciate that. I think what we're going to do next is we're going to go with uh, Linda. Linda, um, I got you on the board. Okay. Let me uh, refresh myself here. Oh, Lord. Okay, here we go. This is called Three Things in Life to Know. And it goes like this. A little boy once asked me, what time will I grow up? I asked if he could whistle. He could not. So I showed him how to purse his lips in a funny way, then blow and blow and blow and blow so soft. It didn't take much time before I heard a little whoo as the cutest sound of D came from his lips. Well, I said, you've done it. You've done it. Yes, indeed. And now as far as whistles, you're equipped. Now, now am I grown up? The little boy said to me, can you snap your fingers? He could not. So I put his little fingers in the proper place, then showed them how to make them slip a pop. He waited around in the land a bit, snapping all the while and whistling tunes like I have never heard. No, I really haven't heard them. So I dropped my head into my hands and smiled from ear to ear, listening to what the little this little tweety bird. Have I grown up yet? He asked me. Well, can you blow a bubble? Because if you can't, you'll never get a date. Oh, Grandma, you're the silliest, and I love you, true. And one day we'll marry. That's our fate. There are three things a boy needs to know to become a man. One is how to whistle so he can hail a cab to get home. Two is to snap his fingers while listening to music to show he is fun. And three, blow bubbles to enchant his children when he is with them. He thought I was joking all the while but I was teaching him life skills in poem. Dang, this is so good. I really like this. I I love how you went with this. This is like a little parable in itself. We're we're, we're listening to an Aesop's fable. I love it. I love it. It's it's told such a great story and such, such a great lesson. (laughs) <laughs> I like poetry. Thank you, Jay. Wayne, you're welcome. Wayne, what did you think? Uh, I thought this was just a wonderful little poem. There's a lot of deep meaning running, running through it. It's so simple, but it's a, it's a good poem with a lot, lot to learn. And, uh, you know, I think I've learned two or three of them, so I'm doing pretty good. But it's a great great poem, great great, great storytelling, and uh, great all the way through. I love it. Thanks, Wayne. You're welcome. And Raz, what do you think? Yeah, this shows the basics of life. Either you spend a youth of uh, wasting your life on partying and barely passing through college, or eventually you seek out marriage. It's just how society is structured. Great comment. I want to say hello to Lost Souls out on board. And Boo, you get the last comment on this. 
and we just lost Boo. <laughs> Go figure. Maybe she, I bet, you know, I bet she did, she pulled a Wayne there and tried to take herself off of mute and hit the hang up button. <laughs> I do it about twice a week. Twice a week. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, what I'm going to do next is uh, we're we're going to go ahead and play a little audio. So let me uh, let me set this up. And a little little bit of Gerald Green here. So looking forward to this. Power of Poetic Form, written and read by Gerald Green. Some read her poetry and are impressed with storylines and quick development of subjects, some delightful or distressed, resulting in a cordial sentiment. Most fail to grasp the power of technique, as IMs go unnoticed in the feet. Pentameters give strength to words that speak from balanced verses organized and neat. Internal rhymes are placed strategically, enhancing without emphasis or note. Alliteration works dynamically, delivering a punch to what she wrote. Enjambment adds a flavor unbeknown to those who've never studied poetry, providing an attractive undertone, improving resonance and quality. They read the words and seldom understand the real reason they are spurred and stirred with poetry so delicately planned that uses sound techniques so long inured and poem. Wow, this is clever. And a lot of the stuff that he mentions in there, I, I enjoy using myself um, uh, with the alliterations, the assonance, the co- uh, consonants, and um, creating a, a higher pitch in the resonance. I, I think that uh, all of that is just absolutely wonderful, and, and the way he brought it forward and the way he delivered it was just a power-packed punch. Uh, Raz, I'm going to let you start out with this. Yeah. This uh, reminds me of uh, paying tribute to anyone out there who has a creative talent. And although... They might not be recognized by society for researching this deep and profound subject, poetry. It is that in their own right, they are are learning uh, what there is to the depths of the human soul going through all these verses. So it's a form of education that does not require any prompting or even a reward from society except for that learning process that this poet is going through for themselves. Excellent comment. Um, Linda, what do you think? Well, I really like what Raz said. Um, it it was kind of like a lesson and um, bringing out the different elements of poetry because I myself just started writing one day and um, I have no clue what uh, pentameter and, and all that gibberish means, but I know it's there now and I can start learning about it. But in the beginning it was just me and my pen and my paper. 
So it's nice to learn new things uh, through poetry. And he did this in a really nice way. So I liked it. I think he did a great job. Good job, Gerald. Excellent. And Wayne, what did you think? I said, uh, I've always said Gerald would make a good teacher with his voice and the way he explains things. And this is a perfect example of what I was saying. Here Gerald explains the parts of what makes good poetry writing and what it takes to write poetry. Uh, this is wonderful. And, uh, and, he's, and Gerald, you did a great job. This is about perfect to get. Good job. Yep. We all start with a pen and paper and a heart. And that's how that's how it all, all starts out. So uh, I see that, man, this blog talk is being rough with us today, folks. So just hang in there. I'm going to be working with mutes and everything like this. But uh, Raz, if you could go ahead and read the next poem for us. Yes, that would be no problem. Do you think it's really what David was saying, all the severe weather that's interfering with uh, interconnections? It might be. Throughout the it United might be. Because I heard a different report that uh, we're not prepared, America, for all the different types of cyber hackings that are going on right now, just recently on the news. So who knows really to what extent there's all these loss of connections with the web. But uh, here's the poem. P.M. Murphy, that old Sansom latest draft in the back of my memory office where muses lay they sit down dark alleyways and past treacherous corners turning and scraping this is how their voice began to screech crackling into nothing more than whispers looking for another escape out of this summer land of a hotel we call life i can still hear all those high pitches of fine-tuned voice scattering across chaotically controlled sound waves as each pattern and part of them continues to echo. And in those days, we still held on to that Samson, just some slick black Chrysler 300 with just enough color on the inside, holding nostalgia like a new wax job. And after all this time, we still preserved it, and now the rust doesn't come off, reminding me of how unused your voice has become with fading tires and paint that is stained by a sun's gleam, the strong glare resonating from the hubcaps, giving it that old-fashioned charm. Well, back when it was easy to sing, back in the days when your verse spoke anthems and sung trilogies, always with such beautiful dialect, you were a great soprano, and there wasn't enough time to be shy in front of the microphone always needing to get it out, spur of the moment, back when you danced tactically midst every song. And this praise adhered to the back of my mind. I stained a colossal image of you, forever singing to tunes in the back of that Samson, where even if we, you would never stutter. And poem. <laughs> this was quite the journey that Patrick brought us on. But... What really, really gets to me is, um, oh, where is it? Yeah, talking about the waxing of the thing. And after all this time, we still preserved it. 
and now the rust doesn't come off, reminding me of how unused your voice has become. Oh, my gosh, that, it's just like a little slap in the face there of this whole thing. You know, if we don't use our voice, if we don't speak up against what we see as wrong, if we don't say something, then then we just get uh, bowled over. You know, ultimately, I, I kind of like this. I, I like his description of the car and the preserving of it to almost reflect how we just are, become comfortable in life. We can become comfortable with the, making the same decisions and we become comfortable with it and we take things for granted. And it, it's sad how we do take things for granted. But uh, the way he presented that, I think, was just absolutely brilliant. Um, Wayne, what did you think about that? Sorry about hanging up while I go. I missed the mute button again. But uh, this is a wonderful poem. It's got there's so much metaphor that's built in this. It go a lot of directions. But uh, I like to hear about his old automobile just worn down. It's not running right, so he calls it singing. Because it's not running right, and they can be compared to also where people stand up and their voices are now not being heard, and they're sounding rough nowadays. There's a whole lot that can be compared to this, this point right here. But it's a wonderful job. And I like the part about the car, the car and the losing his voice, and then talking about the, the not being polished right and all that. It's just a great, great poem. Brought back a lot of memories. Excellent comments, um, Linda. What do you think? Yeah, well, I I thought this was very lovely. Um, the, with the sound and the flow, and his absolute love of her voice, um, the fact that she had created a a lifelong pocket in his coat where she could, you know, be his muse. I I, I like that part a lot. Um, and it's sad though when we don't when we don't keep up on on things like that and we kind of lose them. And then one day we pull out an old shoebox and find our, you know, our skate key in there and go grab our skates that have been rusting and we mix them all, you know, clean them all up and shine them. And then we're zooming around in our, our skates again. And, and this was a very nice piece. I think he did a very fine, fine job on it. Good job, Patrick. Good job, Patrick. And Raz, you read it. What do you think? Yes, uh, a deep appreciation for the Samson and the nostalgia of previous times. It just shows how much better everyone remembers America until recently. And that's the whole game wake-up caller, that if something's going wrong here, we need, like, one of the other panelists said for us to bring back our actual voices as the people and uh, make a stand for what we originally valued and treasured to be a part of this great nation. And uh, Boo, what do you think? Wait for it. Hold on. My computer is going real slow. It is answering the phone here shortly. Can you um, hear me, Boo? There you go. Yeah, I hear you. What, what? Um, I think, what's the Samson? I don't, I'm not sure. Type of car, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. This, this reminds me of days of, you know, when you were young and free and in love and 
everything was great, um, but not so much so because hmm. spur of the moment. I don't know if she left him. I think she probably left him in the praise. Oh, Somebody he was in tune with and sync with, I think maybe that he loved, that, that left him. Um, that he remembers when he sees this car or this memory. Um, that's what I see. I have to read this again, but this is what I think. It's very well done. It's pretty long for Patrick, too. Um, I think this is very imaginative, creative, and I'm sorry, Patrick, I'll have to read it again to give you a better answer, but uh, I like it. I agree. I agree. Good, good, good comment there, Boo. Uh, Wayne, I'm going to go ahead and have you read your poem next. Okie dokie. And uh, get it here. Get to read up my paper instead of the screen. This is called um, Every, Everybody is Important. It goes like this. Students vary in intelligence and skills. Some students just want more meals. It's nice to have a wide variety. They all have a place in society. Hey, students, the smartest of the bunch gets answers. Think a lot. Don't make good dancers. Give them problems they can, they can figure out. That's what education is all about. B students, they're the, they're the above average with ambition. Enjoys deciding what will be the mission. Gets engineers and managers together. Knows how to work in any kind of weather. C students, an average person learns, learns to get along. They fit the system, wants to belong. Make good bosses, know how to listen. Stick around to complete the mission. C minus and below students. Less educated work. educated works hard every day. When off work, but likes to go out and play. Some learn to be their own boss. They know how to work at a low cost. Takes all kinds to make the world turn. What you do depends on what you learn. One thing I find is very funny. You don't have to be smart to make lots of money. In. There you go. There you go. Like that. Like that little message there. Uh, very clever, Wayne. Very clever, um, and it does, but um, like I said, at my work, I swear we have a whole generation that missed out on Sesame Street because they can't do math to save their lives, but uh, I, I absolutely love this, uh, and uh, yeah, it does take all sorts to uh, make that world go round. Uh, Raz, what did you think? Yes, I think there's a sense of a social irony here with titling it Everybody is Important, and it shows the level of intellectual diversification that you can find anywhere when it comes to uh, American industries, work, labor, government, and other forms of uh, financing. So you can have theoretically... C minus students or even people who flunked in uh, high school just uh, somehow go on making that money and uh, there's uh, really no uh, logical explanation how grades reflect later on in life unlike others have said because there's those in situations in which they found themselves at finding a great amount of profit and even doing poorly at school. If you consider Einstein, he flunked math the first couple of times, and what did he do? Invent the theory of relativity. So this is a, a kind of uh, fluxus in which we can't determine 
by grades what is the actual true potential of someone's survival when you also consider those with college degrees that uh, simply can't find jobs or move into lives of foreclosure and we're all A students, how, how do you see uh, the pattern here, why the grades matter, of what effects uh, a person might later achieve, fail or succeed? Great comment. I, yeah, that is a great comment because it reminds me of my uh, oldest brother when he was uh, straight out of uh, – straight out of uh, college, you know, with the, with the, uh, I, uh, with the, uh, I think it was, a. what type of degree did he have? A psychology degree or something like that? Just a four-year degree, no, nothing major. It was never going to go anywhere, or a philosophy or something like that. But, you know, he ended up being a manager at a restaurant for a while, you know, straight out of college. That's all he could do. You know, he couldn't 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 do anything with the degree he was given. And uh, yeah, that that's a great point there, Raz. I like that. Um, before I have Linda make a comment, I want to welcome Rack to the show. Hey, Rack, how you doing, brother? I'm good. Hi, Rack. Rack. What's up, guys? <laughs> Yellow Racko. Ah. Hey, hey, Raz. Hey, Raz. Racco's modern world. How about that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Linda, what did you think of uh, Wayne's poem? Well, once again, I agreed with Raz on this. Um, but, yeah, Wayne, you're, you always throw that one line in there that brings it all, no matter how serious the poem is, that you can just turn it all around and make it funny. And uh, this was a beautiful uh, show of that. Um, but yeah, you, you know, I, I have my degree in electronics, and my I never did, I could do anything with my degree. Um, it's obsolete. It was obsolete within four years of me graduating. But you know, it's kind of sad that we all are divided up between you know grade grades and 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 things like that because there are a lot of um, people who are very smart that become nothing and and in the opposite way there's people that are not so bright that figure out some really tight things that can bring them up in this world um but your poem was great uh wayne i really thought it was funny thanks for sharing it thank you thanks for coming not a problem school will teach you life no kidding. <laughs> hey, right, Boo, right, right. You, get the last, you get the last comment on this, Boo, and then we're going to have you read. Sorry, I'm on a different phone. I'm screwed up. Wayne, I like how you, I like how you wrote this because I like the way that it looks. The A student, B student, C student. <laughs> and, you know, my teacher used to tell me it doesn't really matter what you go to college for College is a lot about tenacity and not giving up, really not so much about smarts. It's who sticks in there the longest. I kind of agree with that. But um, the one thing I find funny, don't have to be smart to make less money, <laughs> isn't that true? Uh, what, what, I bet what, you were a straight-A student, I bet, right, Wayne? Yeah, I was, I was a straight C-minus student, though. <laughs> C-minus. 
<laughs> you made it through. That was a, you I did all right. Fun, unique poem, Wayne. Thank you very much. All right. Blue, <laughs> if I can have you go ahead and read the next poem for us. Wayne's grade will below sea level. <laughs> this is from Identity Crisis. It's called Death to Love. Love once whispered in my ear as it looked deeply within my soul. At the very moment, it became, began to steer me in directions with a firm goal. I was so scared and filled with fear, a head drowning in a fishbowl. The passion was nowhere near my heart that had once been stole. For me, it had been one hectic year, one that placed me in a dark hole. I had lost a friend held closely dear as if life continued to circle and roll. Stuck permanently in one gear, a lost girl nobody could ever console. I had become deaf and unable to hear as my spirit had turned black as coal. End poem. Hmm. Well, there's some power behind this one and uh, some, some serious loss, as you can see, within uh, what she wrote. I can uh, yeah. I can feel I can feel the loss in it and feel it all, everything that she wrote down there. You know, it, it, it's an amazing poem, and I, I love the way she, I love this, especially that fishbowl thing because it always reminds me of the uh, Pink Floyd song "Wish You Were Here." Um, Rack, what do you think? Yeah, I, I love the imagery in this. That, um, that, that there's like a time, there's a time like um, when when gave us a poem yesterday that you you mentioned that you know it was wonderful free verse. Um, when when you can get the thought out and and rhyme it and and still have it make sense and not take away from it or detract from it, um, it's it's not as easy to get your emotions across sometimes with that. Um, you you need the imagery like you said um, with the with the fishbowl to make to make your point. Um, otherwise, it just sounds almost, you know, Seussian, um, you know, very sing-songy, and, and, and it, and it um, takes away from the message. <clears throat> but um, she, she did a great job keeping on point, talking about um, the, the pain and her emotions and, and, and um, creating that, that, that sense of heart. So um, she did a fantastic job with this. Raz, what do you think? Yeah, this shows uh, self-reliance and persitude. I see someone who uh, had to go through what they did in order to become a a stronger person. And uh, they speak of that love, how it had filled them with a delusion of how to perceive the world properly. But learning from uh, those mistakes... And now, just uh, becoming deaf to uh, what otherwise would only try and undermine their best level perception uh, of realism. Trying to actually get out of that fishbowl and into the real world again. Excellent comment. Boo, what do you think? Reading it. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel the pain and the sorrow here. How can you not? And I believe maybe she's talking about her husband and her daughter who she lost both. And I can't even imagine that. That's terrible. And 
like Raz said, getting out of that fishbowl is hard to do because you get stuck in it. You almost become addicted to the pain, You're addicted to the anguish. And uh, I thought she expressed it here beautifully and, and very strong with her wording and the emotion. And it's pretty short, but it's powerful. Uh, great poem. Absolutely, and great read, Boo. Um, what I will do is I will go ahead and read read the next poem for uh, Lost Soul, who's out on the board right now. This is called Dark. And it goes like this. Reluctant beauty was within your soft, staring, vacant eyes. Wishing you waited, hesitant lips were sliding upon mine. A slight, warm breath exhaled with esoteric angst pulling away. Like reading Braille, every secret would tell within your caress. Falling in love with your celluloid still tattooed to my consciousness. Convinced of a loss I never had. I was a hollow void, unfulfilled. Life bequeathed my with essence, seeping out of its open wounds. Convinced now, even in the radiance, a dark shadow still followed. Love has its limits. Tormented agony. I was lost. And home. This has some some power behind it, and it, just like everything that um, that uh, Bob writes, it it puts just absolute tremendous power behind it. Um, the emotions, the loss, the pain, everything about it is it just it just piles up on you each time you read it, and. It just grows more and more and more, and I think it's just, it's painful, but it's beauty at the same time, and it just reaches those who need to be reached by it, and I think you you do an excellent job with that, um, my friend. Um, Linda, what did you think? Um, you know, I'm still trying to catch up because my computer didn't click on that one right away. So get, let me give this a, a better read and and get back to me before you before you switch over. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Wayne, what did you think? Uh, this uh, this is I said wow, this is sad. Shows a lot of depressive thoughts. It's uh it's really dark to the person's in the person that person's mind and existence, but uh it's well written. It's got some great wording in it. And it's very well written. It's a great poem, and but it's a boy. It's a kind of a depressing, sad poem. But it's a, but it's a, he got a lot of emotion put in this. Great job. Excellent comments. And Raz, what do you think? Yeah, this poet expresses what it's like being let down, and. Uh, trying to let go of what there was of a deeper, profound sense of uh, melancholy and torment from the other individuals' lack of appreciation to their faith. And uh, here he's speaking of being tattooed by that actual lover and having nothing left to say except that they were lost when they were in love with them 
and somehow now they're all that more found that uh, they no longer have to go on taking it from someone who plans to never fully care for who they are. Great comment. Uh, Rack, Rack, what do you think? Yeah, that, that section he was just looking at about um, the, the celluloid still and tattooed on his conscience. Um, but but the next, it's that, that next line, convinced of a loss I never had. Um, you know, it's, it's like, um, you know, when, when you're grasping something and, 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 and you realize what it is that you're grasping at, and, and 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 you know even even if it was a part of your life, you, you kind of reevaluating its worth, and and, and you decide that, you know, I'm not really losing anything because I I never understood what it was that I had in the first place. It was never what I thought it was. So 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 that 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 um the way that you look at that person that you that you loved, but you know you, you're deciding that that you know that there was there was uh. A facade to it that that you kind of fed into that wasn't real, almost like you know they've got the world fooled. You know, everyone looks at them and they're like, you know, oh my God, they're wonderful. But you you see the ugly truth when you know the lights go out and no better, and you realize, you know, um, when they're no longer a part of your life, you're really not losing anything. At least that's what I got out of that part. Um, I, I really like that. I that that thought because that, 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 that's a misunderstanding of uh, heartbreak. Because you know it's one thing to, to be heartbroken over someone that truly loves you, but to be heartbroken at the, at the realization that the love was never really real is, is a totally different ball game for me. And and you know there's a lot of different emotions that come into it and a lot of different uh, feelings, I think. And uh, that, that, that's what I got out of that one. Amazing comment there. Um, Boo, what did you think? Yeah, this is a really deep and emotional. This is like hurt to the most 20th time. So, and even a picture by itself is bad, but um, a Sliding, we're sliding upon, wishing your weighted, hesitant lips were sliding upon mine. Uh, esoteric angst, like, whoa, that's deep. This is hurt. It's down to the bone that changes your life. In the end, love has its limits. Tormented agony, I was lost. This is like a kick in the stomach, poetically and, and emotionally. Great job. Very good, soul. Wonderful comment there. Um, let me get back to Linda. Linda, what, what did you think? Yeah, this was a very sad loss piece. Um, it's beautifully written. Um, the imagery was fantastic, but the words were so sad, and I f- I felt such a a, a loss reading this trying to understand the kind of pain she was coming from, which I couldn't. Um, only those who have experienced that in that way, I think, could really understand where she's coming from. But anytime love is a dark entity, brings it around to a whole different ball game. And this was totally a whole different ball game. So I think it was beautifully written, however. So good job. 
That's a great comment. And before we move on to our next poem, I want everybody to say a big hello to Bella. Hey, Bella. My step. Bella. 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 I love you. Hi, Firefly. Hi. Hola. Hola. I love you. Miss Bella. All right. I'm going to give everybody a break from reading. I'm going to put in a SoundCloud now, and I will probably throw everybody on mute, including myself. But let's put in a little Titus, and uh, let's all listen to it. Till death us do part, ad mortem. To spread our love a little more thinly set, it shares not regret to greet with this alibi, leaving without reading first, if to foretell, decipher this. I wish in ways, my beloved, each moment shared rap time to provide aiding death's decision to bring a scroll via time and space between ourselves, I trust. Has death forgotten how peaceful a hush? Understand death. You appear as a plateau, submerged within love's own perimeters. Delude yourself this obituary, a once-lived oblivious nature. You roam AWOL as we do, peaceful and quiet, and we enjoy this keep. Apart from dreaming, rather it's love's aura. Raised beyond question, I dare say further than anywhere you are ever to imagine yet. Okay, first of all, I want to say how amazing that is. For anybody who doesn't know, that is a shadow acrostic. Uh, You read, take the last letters of every line and you'll get the message that he has given and portrayed. And I absolutely love this. And, but before we get some comments for it, I want to welcome Polly to the show. Hey, Polly, how you doing? Hey, Polly. Hi, Polly. Come on, Polly. That, that is Polly. <laughs> there you are. I'm struggling with my earbuds. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm no sorry. problem. I know I'm no late. No problem. Great to have you here, brother. Uh, let me get a yeah. I'm gonna get a comment from Bella on this uh, this poem from Titus. <laughs> That's a welcome thing. I'm trying to focus on what he said. Decipher this. I wish in ways my beloved each moment shared rap time to provide. I think it's um, I think it's talking about um, someone you can love tenderly. And uh, I don't know, my brain is not working correctly, but um, this is a different kind of write from Titus because um, his recent writing was about uh, Mur'un being an an Olympian. But here he placed himself in front of us and shared a little, though the glimpse is, um, it's just a glimpse, you know, of him. But um, the ending is... uh, very sublime, peaceful and quiet, and we enjoy this keep apart from dreaming. Rather, it's love I love that part. Everybody's in love, I think. 
And uh, here is a person who absolutely loves Titus's work. Uh, Wayne, what did you think? Well, this is uh, this would be an amazing poem just to do it as a poem, but to think of it as, as acrostic is, is even amazing. And then to have every line uh, have both the ending and the beginning have something to say. It's a, he, he did a wonderful job with this. It's hard to put something like this together and to make it sound as good as he did. It's uh, it's got a great message behind it too. It's sure uh, just it's a good poem all the way around, and a lot of work went into it. Looks like to me, great job. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Linda, what did you think about it? Well, you know, I could I couldn't read along, but I heard it and I read it earlier and I thought it was like pretty tight. Um it was an excellent job on the acrostics. I I I was like I I've never gotten into that kind of poetry before and and I think it was pretty cool how he did that. Um that takes a lot of mathematical figuring out as well as as far as I'm concerned anyway. And um, I think the poem had a cool imagery and had some really cool metaphors, and the writing was excellent. And I wish I had it in front of me because I know there was a part of it that I really, really liked. But um, Tell Death Do Us Part, uh, very fine job, Mr. Llewellyn, very fine job. Excellent comment. Uh, Boo. You're a master of acrostics. What do you think? Okay. I thought you were going to say master of math. I was going to say, well, you're way off on that one. Uh, this is so cool. I, I I tried to do this one before a couple of times. I don't know if I did. But anyway, this is uh, – oh, my God, my screen's frozen. Sorry. I'm getting there. <laughs> Oops. Uh, shoot. Can you come back to me, Jay? Sorry. I can't see the poem. Sure. Let me uh, let me get uh, Rack to say something about it. Then. Yeah, the original one that can't see anything. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Titus did, did an amazing job. Um, you know, I, I I hate to take away from what he wrote to to, to comment on uh, that 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 voice. I I just I picture him in the smoking jacket with the Sherlock Holmes pipe, just sitting there, you know, going on with this. I did. He, this is fantastic. I, I I love to read Titus. I really did. Um, and, and, and congratulations on the forum. Um, I've never uh, tried to do it with both the big first and the the, big, the left and right sides both um, writing out a word. So um, it, it's it's hard enough to try and um, not make it sound like a um, a acronym because uh, that that tends to be the urge when you're doing acrostic. Um, but but you know you, you made this totally seamless um, the way that you did it. It was very stunning. Uh, and the imagery of, of love and death, you know, that the two, um, <laughs> I won't call them opposites because they kind of go together because when you love something, it can never really die. At least I think so. Um, and, and you kind of brought that out in this. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful language and, and, and an excellent uh, use of um, uh, your um, your imagery and, and um, storytelling. Uh, it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. This is hard to do. Did you did you get a chance, Boo? <laughs> yeah, this is really good. I mean, I like, uh, you know, you can always feel the love where he says, um, you know, my be- decipher this. I wish in ways my beloved each moment shared, wrap time to provide. It's just so romantic. It's swoon worthy there. Delude yourself who once lived. So I don't know if she's past and gone, but I agree with Rack. 
the person you love somebody, they never go away. They're always there. So death do us part, he says. And um, that's true. And the poem and his wording is beautiful. That's what real love is. All right. And, Polly, I'm going to let you have the last thing, and then we're going to put your poem onto the board. Okay. Yeah, I was just reading this part right here. He's talking about how um, uh, adding adding death's de- uh, decision to bring a scroll via time, peace, between ourselves, I trust. Uh, haste, death, forgotten how peacefully hush. But it, and it's true. It's like silence can be peaceful, but it also can be nerve-wracking at the same time. Um, I just thought it resonated with me. And... and um, it's that old adage that the prince would ask, you know, what would what would the uh, silence look like, you know? And uh, it, it's just a, uh, it's just an incredible work here. And that, uh, okay, Polly, you you're on the board, my friend. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> So I'm prepared here. <clears throat> okay, so this is a. Eh, it started off as a as a poem, but it wound up a song again, and it's still working in progress. I just want to get some feedback. Got one hand on the wheel, one hand reaching over to scoot you over to me. So I tell you how much that without you. I'm nothing. You admire everything like the rain that falls all around us on a hot southern summer's eve. You come storming in with clouds of thunderous excitement and the clashing flashings you spontaneously project upon us. But only for a little while and you're gone again. This time... I'm capturing you and your lightning in my mason jar-like heart. Hey, little mama, what you say? To the cabin way back in these woods where we can stay a few nights. Uh, little darling, uh, you're my inspiration of life. And all I have to do is look into the deep blue eyes. It's like looking, in, looking at the ocean. So beautiful and mysterious. I hate to look away even for a moment for fear I'll miss the magic that you and I make. I know you can never really be mine. We can still be each other's for the short time that we do have. Come on, baby, what you say? A female solo. You don't have to worry about me leaving you anymore so let's spend our time getting uh, a little more than just acquainted without any clothes we can get into be closer eventually becoming one we can have so much fun under a moonlit sky into the morning sunlight I promise to never break the glass of your mason jar like heart so beautifully transparent for all to see what dwells inside. In the poem. 
That's super cool. I, I, I like the um, mason jar, uh, the mason jar usage of this because that's for many people who lived around the North Carolina area. You know that that is a sign of um, of moonshine. And that's mm-hmm. a sign of, like, the liquor runs and everything like that. So it's a very, very clever thing. They, they were, there's certain things that they never wanted to see on a mason jar. And there's great superstition behind it. So it's very rare that you find an old mason jar that has a number 13 on the bottom of it, the mold number um, of what, how the ball ball mason was made. But... Uh, to have something like this being pictured as a heart, you know, this is like something extra pricey and expensive on the inside that could get you in trouble, but at the same time was worth everything uh, in 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 how it how it flows and how it goes. And so that's what I really really like about that because. When you talk about uh, mason jar, you talk about that moonshine, you talk about something that is absolutely, to some people, is just priceless. And don't right. you dare break it or, or that's alcohol abuse. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like uh Raz, what do you think? Thank you, Jay. Yeah, there's... Deep emotions here when you compare lightning being in the mason jar and how that's how you'll always remember the one of which you truly cherished and loved. So these are very romantic and uh, loving type of lyrics of which uh, the poet has conjured by the scratch of his own hands. Thank you. Yeah. The, the lightning in a jar is I, I heard that way way back when I was a kid about capturing lightning in a jar and can it be done? Kind of a myth thing. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of that does go back to what what uh, they used to call moonshine. Moonshine is white, right? Mm-hmm. And th- yeah, so that's a lot of that too. Uh, Wayne, what did you think? Overall, I like it. I like it. It's pretty, pretty good. Uh, pretty good, right here. You, know, you, you show your love very well in this poem about you, how much you love her, and you said you can never get back together. I didn't never really explain that why she can never be yours because uh, it's like you're on the right on the same page, and uh, and you said you want us to. Mm-hmm. Said, the song is the song you're writing, if, and if it was a song, the only thing I would say that, that needs to be corrected a little bit is that you went from log cabin in the woods to the beach. And then from the beach with the ocean, and then you went to the moon, and then you ended up with a jar. You didn't, you didn't have very much flow in between the two, since like to me, in, in, in between the four things. But uh, other than that, it's very good, and it's a good poem, good message. But uh, that's what I got out of it. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. Awesome. Yeah. Get tied in. Yeah. Rack, what do you think you're saying? Yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I, I, I like that idea. Uh, so, um, uh, it's, uh, um, it's got it's got a couple of different connotations. Um, the, the 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 literal expression, like you're talking about capturing lightning in a jar, um, you know, that, that kind of represents um, you know, trying to contain something, um, power or whatever, um, and 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 holding it in place, um, almost to signify. Um, 
chaos, um, but at the same time the, um, the 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 force behind it. Um, but the the, the uh, more gentle um, thing and the more common thing um, is um, the the other thing they used to do with the mason jars is catch uh, fireflies and put them in the mason jars. So you know, even though a firefly, you know, sometimes they call them lightning bugs. So you know, lightning in a jar. Um, that uh, that that image also comes to mind when you talk about that and capturing that in your heart, you know, representing the um, the excitement, the um, the buzz, even of um, it, it's a, a more elegant way I think of talking about you know the butterflies in your stomach. Um, I think uh, mm-hmm. so. I really appreciate that too, and you know the idea of you know if the jaw breaks then they 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 get away, but um, you know like Wayne pointed out too, I like the um the different settings the beach and whatnot um where, where you were talking about um the the um, environment around you um you know almost to say that that it's um existential it it doesn't matter where you are so i really appreciated it wow thank you thank you for that and boo do you want to do you want to make a comment on Paulie's please yeah, I agree a little bit with Wayne. I think it's very good, Polly. I love the emotion that you have here. Um, you're my everything, like the rain that falls all around us, Southern Summer's Eve. That's very romantic. You come storming in. I like the metaphor with the clouds and the storm. Maybe tie it a little bit more together in the middle. Um, although I think you did a beautiful job, and your sentiment, and you're wearing your heart on your sleeve here, my friend, and I think you did a great job. And uh, we missed you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I miss you guys too. I just wish I had more time. It's a job of mine. So, yeah. Understand. Yeah. Real life comes first. Yeah. All right. Thank boo. you. Boo. All right, boo. appreciate Sad. your comment. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you're up. Okay. Oh, that's my doorbell. Sorry. Okay, this is called romantic recall. Remember when? Our desires mirroring emotions, fear, thought, seeking us to recall love in which we forgot. Conscious breeze, time for a celebration. Eyes fix on the blissful. The touch itself is elation. Void of polarity we exchange, makes us one with the universe. Silence ushering strings strange, pausing for now, ego born cursed. Follow what instincts tell you, unified partnership of love. Mind, body, but an instrument. Recognize the stillness, mellow. Earth's life unfolds as it's ordained as a prior soul agreement. Conscious, pure, and unstained, too slow to long and contentment. End poem. Okay. This is very, very clever on this poem, Boo. Um, I, I, I think it goes a lot deeper than, um, excuse me, a lot deeper than, um, just what you're talking there's a there's almost a, a kind of a um a, a grasp into the universe and a grasp into the um the zen of it all <laughs> i'll put it like that where there's a there's a, a constant energy that uh that uh surrounds your words and brings everything together that's quite amazing um Linda, what did you think about that? Uh, this is like typical boo, so lovely and elegant and just free-flowing. Um, it took me on this little little journey of remembrance 
Um, I liked that. I, I loved how colorful it was. Um, the 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 imagery was very brilliant, and I I really love this boo. Um, you are such the bomb writer, but can I say something to JC? Yeah. Sure. Um, it sounds like you're not feeling real hot, JC. Is there something I can do to help? Oh no 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 no! I, I'm I'm fighting a headache and a little bit of uh, yeah I know ache. you sound like you're hurting. Okay. Well, I'm, we're going to make right. it anyway, through. The show must go on. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I thought the other night when I broke my foot that that was the night of my, my show, and it was like, good luck with that. <laughs> break a leg, get it. <laughs> but anyway, you sound a little under the weather. Yeah, we'll get through this. Um, Raz, All what right. did you think about the show? Yeah, that's some interesting artwork there as the caption piece for Romantic Recall where you have these uh, kaleidoscope-like fluorescent horses in uh, some form of uh, mutual adherence at steed. And uh, as to the poem, I think uh, this poet goes on writing in a form of... uh, existential modernism but in a very good way they actually peel away emotions perverses and here what I try to grasp of the message is so much uh, we perfectly uh, whole as the universe because we can find that peace with uh, the company or the presence in relation with another or is that yet some other kind of illusion that uh, all these states of polarity are meant to just uh, negate each other and become some singular form of uh, non-polarics yeah thank you Raz and Bella what do you think Bella. Why is the corner? Did we lose Bella? Okay, she said BRB. She said BRB. No problem. Sorry, Bella. Uh, Wayne, I'll let you go. Yes, yes, I'm great. Thank you. I hope I'm right about this poem because I like it so much. I think it's a wonderful poem of how two egotistical, outgoing people interact during their life and how time mellows them a bit where they now live in this pure contentment that they live in. It's comfortable, and they, but they've been through a lot together, and they, they know how to get along, and, but they've they, you know, they had their struggles. I think it's a great poem, and uh, am I right? <laughs> Good die, Wayne. Good die. Thank you. You're so well, and Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking the same same along the lines as uh, how the universe, how it uh, controls, you know, supposedly it's controlled uh, uh, the karma and, and egotistical people. And, and, you know, a lot of times our ego gets in the way of, of, of life, you know, and um, it's just part of being imperfect. And uh, sometimes it handles it with karma, whether it's good or bad. So 
That's the same thing I was going to say. Not the same exact thing as Wayne, but <laughs> he hit it right out of the head, though. Yeah. Uh, I hope it is. Rack, what, Rack, what do you think? Yeah, when 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 egos get so big, you know, you, you get your own gravitational pull. So when two people have big egos, you know, you're kind of drawn to each other. Um, but you know, the problem becomes you're you're, you're always outdoing each other. You know, one, one's uh, kind of um, I, I I I enjoyed your right book. There's an ebb and flow that that you um, kind of call attention to, and this that that you know undeniable. You know that there'll be times when 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 you fight, and, and times when you marry each other, and everything's synchronous. And um, you know you got to try and weather through all of that. Um, you know, and and uh, the the idea of of of, of the recall is. Uh, you know that 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 expression can can be uh, interpreted a couple of different ways. So you know you kind of left it very open ended by using that for your title. I I liked that thought particularly. Thank you, Rex. All right, and um, I'm going to have Raz read our next poem. Uh, it's by Joseph Moon. Raz, if you could for us. Yes, uh, I will take this due turn at the recital and perform Joseph Moon's The Tireless Carver. The Tireless Carver. A damsel delighted in my youthful arrogance, wild intellect and airy assurance. Time is a tireless carver. Carving me, shaping me, man, father, mentor, lover of nature, lover of life, in concord with self, no longer confused, I walk in search of wisdom. Yet I wonder, would the woman bite at my scars, mock my stutter? Would her once amorous orbs now be blind to my new beauty and foregone flaws? End poem. Oh, I love that ending. I, I love that. Um, yet I wonder, would the woman fright at my scars, mock at my stutter? Would her once amorous orbs now be blind to my new beauty and foregone flaws? I love that. I love that ending because ultimately it's like, you know, people are just ignoring um, some of the things that uh, make us beautiful. I, I look at all of this. Uh, this is a this is quite a deep, deep right. A deep, deep right, but that ending really gets to me. I, it may speak something totally different than what the poem is supposed to say in itself, but it spoke to me, and I greatly appreciate when something turns around and does something like that. It turns it into to, to a monumental, monumental thing, and I really enjoy that. Um so let me get uh let me get some comments here and we'll start with uh Linda. Linda, what do you think? 
I thought it was very clever little right um that made a good point though you know when 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 they're young we try to mold them and and see what life's going to fix them up to be and then once they're done are we happy with that or not <laughs> but I, I i like the way he he worded this um it was very clever uh good right joseph And uh, Raz, what do you think? Yes, this is definitely a mature right. It's one of someone who's reached maybe 40 or 50, and they're still wondering for another person to keep them company. And yet they have to be realistic. Now there's actual scars from the aging there's that whole process of going through more than a person does who's young. And uh, with these faults, is there that dearly beloved who will just accept them for what they present? Nothing more but uh, careless love and dedication. And is that even good enough to uh, actually start a meaningful relationship? So that's what I see here with the whole metaphysic of this uh, love poem. Awesome. Bella, are you back? Yes, sir, I'm back. What did you think? Sorry about my voice. Well, um, what I like about this part is when uh, Asian Moon said, time is a tireless cover carving me, shaping me, man, father, mentor. Well, um, time molds us to our becoming, and that's the fact. And that's why um, I always tell people that I talk to that time is indeed timeless. It's um, changing. It's a never-ending process. It recognizes new time. That's a good part about that. And um, now we lay it to the hands of the people who are actually watching us over time and it's up to them how are they going to accept us but you know no matter how much you show them of you and you will not avoid other people will tell something and um, if they cannot accept the dread of your uh, flaws then it's time for you to let go and open your hands and let them be because there's only one person who can actually see the beauty in you. And that is the person who truly loves you. This one is so beautiful, Asian Moon, and I love you dearly. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. And um, bottom line is, um, you know, there are some people that always go out and give 100% and 100%. And when they can't give 100%, sometimes people kind of question uh, what's up. Like tonight, tonight, um, I'm going to tell you what, guys. I'm giving my all tonight, okay? I'm giving you everything I have. And I, and I greatly appreciate everybody who supports us, supports me, and helps helps everything out. And I think you guys are absolutely amazing for all that you do 
and I really, really, uh, really uh, got um, that poem really spoke to me, Joseph, and I really appreciate it. Boo, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think he's talking about someone who loves you for all that you are, for the real you, not the one that they see or the idea of you. Um, what a woman fraught my scars, moss and sweater. So, someone who truly loves you, and or does he, is she around? Does she exist, or we're not? And I think uh, everybody wonders about that. Um, beautiful brevity here and great wording. I like this. Uh, I love the beginning. A damsel delighted in my youthful arrogance. Because we think when we're young, we know it all, and we have all the answers, and we don't. And he still doesn't, even at this time. What's the answer? I don't know. Great poem. All right, Bella, um, you're you're on the board. Am I? Okay. You are. This one is a fresh ride. Thank you very much, JCA. Um, From my lips to my flesh, under the dust where my vision sank, six feet in breath, sable, vicious, liquid cooling from tear ducts, foul acid burning flesh, leaving trails of wounds, scaring deep. I am less of a saint, an imperfection contorted to even thoughts, Drowning in the depth of cositis and death. Can you see how far I entomb myself? And even though my other foot is buried six feet under the dust, I still wish, I still dream. I still want to continue, even if with a wounded Atman. All I needed was little air to gasp all the dancing dandelions was staining my raging heart. All I wanted was to have little time to see how beautiful stars collide, witness how my charcoal sky be peppered with neon glitters. All I asked was a little slow motion of his brightly shaded glow instead of my jagged images blinking out of sequence. All that I need is to be spared while I cling tightly, while I embrace my bleeding hours, while I can still feel the light in me. Well, I still can, and I don't have enough of those to give, memories that can make you smile. I can only hope, I can only pray, I can only dream, with my eyes missed behind your rainbows. Wow. And then, thank you. That is powerful. Um, I'm going to quote the Bible. It says, "If if we don't have hope, we don't have life. And I think that ultimately here you are grabbing a hold of not only the fact there is a hope there, but that hope interjects life into you and brings you to a point of living that uh, you almost thought was going to be gone you thought wasn't going to be there but now that you have it you want to hold it tightly and you don't want to let it go and i think that that right there is a beautiful beautiful message thank you linda what did you think 
Linda, are you on mute? Yes, I was on mute. Anyway, I was just saying, Bella, this was breathtaking. Um, you get me every time with your brilliance. Uh, and this is such a true, honest piece of work. Because when we reach a point in our lives, um, I recently went through this with my father, but I can go through it with myself as well, knowing that have we have we been everything that we were meant to be? Have we done everything we meant we have meant to do? Um, are we are we as perfect as we thought? Are imperfect? Um, and this brings up a lot of questions, um, and it's and it's hard. Um, uh, I I think this uh, was a very uh, intellectual poem as well as emotional. Um, it brought up those points to as far as in my mind um, about how how have I done, what did I do wrong. Um, but uh, me, Bella, I just love you so truly. Your work is just a, a pleasure to me, and thank you for sharing this. Thank you very much, Linda. I appreciate you. And uh, Boo, what did you think? Ah. Uh. Yeah, I love the title, From My Lips to My Flesh. That's in the picture. Wow, amazing. Um, I think, wow, this whole, this whole thing is, I don't even know where to start. I am less of a saint, an imperfection contorted in the boss around. I don't think this is about love and acceptance. Somebody who, again, for how you are, what you really are. A slow motion, brightly shaded glow is looking jagged into what he sees is beauty. You see jagged mistakes. You see. I guess the holiness, but you know what? And then he sees beauty. And then also that you actually get to see this person, feel this person, touch this person um, beyond your rainbow. Game. Actually make it reality. Very, very beautiful. Love this poem, Bella. Relatable. Thank you very much, Boo. Thank you. Welcome, love you. Awesome, Boo. Uh, Boo, you're crackalacking just a little bit. Not much, just a little bit. Sorry. And (laughs) I would love you to go ahead and read our next poem, please. Okay. I have to fight down the steel. <laughs> All right. Okay, Irish Scott, the soldier. The soldier is courageous. He puts his life on the line. The soldier is loyal to his family and his country. The soldier has sworn to protect his country. The soldier is wounded by IEDs protecting his fellow comrades. The soldier is sent home with no final orders. The soldier is forgotten. Left to wander the streets alone without a purpose, the soldier is still kind, courageous, and loyal, keeps his promise to courageously serve and protect, even though those he swore to protect have long forgotten. The price paid sweat, blood, and tears for the freedoms. The price the soldier has willingly paid 
and the hope for a better tomorrow. And home. And I think that this is a powerful piece. I want to thank Irish, who is right now on hold, listening with us. Of course she is. She always does. But here's the deal on this piece. Um, I think that last line uh, says it all. In, in the hope for a better tomorrow, we as soldiers are willing to pay that price. But are we seeing those better tomorrows? That's the thing that we really need to know. That's the thing we need to grasp a hold of. That's the thing we need to, to, to understand whether whether they exist or not. Because bottom line, this is this is absolutely kind of tearing us apart at times. It re- really beats us up and really makes us wonder all, all that we put into everything, all that we do for everything. Is it really going to be worth it? Is all that sacrifice we ever made, is all the sacrifice we make ever going to amount to anything? And I think that this is a powerful message that she tells right here. Um, Bella, Bella, please can you uh, give us a little comment on this one? I have so much respect with men and women in uniforms because um, uh, the person I adore to is one of them, happens to be one of them. And um, we talked about this before. I asked him, is it worth it for you to, like, leave your family behind and left them, you know, in in um, great amount of worries and heartaches and, you know, heartbreaks? And he would always tell me yes. And um, this is the sad reality. Uh, They can be forgotten. And it's not only happening um, here in our country, but also around the globe where you can see the one who helped you have your children or your family or you have a better life and safer world um, will be left alone. In just with just a blink of an eye, and they have nothing there but their um, cold uh, pavement, and that's a reality. And some of, of some of you guys can agree on that one. And um, but I still have so much for them, and I hope I hope that someday, one day, um, something will be given to them so that they can have a stable. Uh, life and uh, condition in the future. Someone that can really help them, both psychologically, emotionally, and uh, spiritually. Love you, brother. You're one of them. When I went over, um, I left uh, my ex, two two daughters, and our newborn youngest daughter. Um, to go over and to serve in war. And uh, that, you know, that's hard, but it's also something that we signed up to do and we were were willing to do it because we're willing to go on that sacrifice and for how much the sacrifice ended up costing. Yeah, I understand. I understand, but it's also something that, uh, that eventually 
we hope to see the reward in the future. So I, I think that this is a powerful message. Uh, Linda, what did what did you think? Mute button, Linda. Mute button. Thanks, Jay. Um, anyway, I was saying this piece is, uh, it speaks for itself. Um, it's very honest and straight to the point. And you're right, when, when those guys come home, they're not told what to do. They have to figure that out on their own. And, you know, I, I've mentioned before, I had brothers that were in the war, uh, Vietnam, and um, uh, they f- just suffered after they got back, suffered with how to run their lives, you know, how to be, you know, a, a good person. My husband as well was is a, is a veteran, and, um, you know, he suffers um, P- PTSD all the time, and, and it kills me. Uh, the love in my heart that I have for these guys, my family, um, the ones that are out there that have no family, um, these little poems like this bring bring point to what's going on, uh, how they feel. Um, this was very well done. Thank you, Irish Scott. No, absolutely. Some of us that are reaching for a family. Um, Garrett, what do you think? Yes, I agree with what everybody said. It's powerful, moving, and we we love them for our freedom and we gave them pathetic there's like three percent of active duty members of mental illness and that's sad. Um pathetic. We have to do better with that. I give a lot of props I think but military. So uh thank you Jay and also um Cole and Wayne, Nick, Dave. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate that, Boo. All right. Let's put up a little Rob. And here's the audio for it. A day in the mind. Five ideas dissected in a vignette. The singer on the train track record is number one in my book. Well, I am zero. I am the sheep with a bruised blossom bus ticket, busking knee-deep on Highway 61. I am the pensioner wearing musky deodorant spray, playing crossword puzzles on blue fold-up pages of recycled and salvaged papers. I am the water lily, cut with culinary scissors, sold on the street corner where the coroner's daughter orders her fish and chips parcels. I am the bingo card with 13 odd numbers never called in the dusty dartboard dance hall of the Red Town Square. I am the rusty harmonica blowing Memphis anthems in an overcoat wind with whistles, stabbing thistle songs. I'm the red raincoat, never worn outside Chelsea Hotel, soaked and forgotten without devotion of a poet's song. I'm the Baptist, fasting with locusts in harsh winter rivers, waiting for a cousin under pulsing stones with my head on a platter, 
I'm the seal, starved voices and surrealist poems and psychedelic beetle eggmen sing songs. I am the leper crawling along cobblestone pavements, begging for the kingdom's token in sunstroke delirium. The blue 2D pencil sketched man lies with his skinny paintbrush hands chained to bedposts and scrawny inkpot legs tied to tussles of dark mustard and oak-coloured Arabian rug. The belly of this graphite-created graphic drawn in dog-eared comic book outline, half tattered, the other half plastered with seashells and baked root vegetables. Grey scales of cat and mouse hopscotch fill the space between his neck and face, and jaw-dropping jazz beats blown in a trombone maze halting the toe-tapping, tiger-strapped, finger-click race. Old man at twilight, and the tantalitis suffered impressionist portraits, with blurred, half-blind eyes, as Catalonia sparkles behind the Raphael-worn, stretched ostrich neck. Stern curled upper lip, an ebony iris, the tobacco pipe clutched tight in his left hand, is shaded by soft copper portraits of a window-leaning sister. <clears throat> a neorealistic lady sprawled out on the rocky beach, displaying geometric diagrams and golden ratio intersections. In the Virginia garden with fountains and flowers, a scaffolding tower held his easel while his canvas draped over the sky. Bird choreographer shot his backdrops on film, cutting eyes out the cardboard, as surrealism was realised on real. Sheepishly, the winter needs pot and breath held tight in silk-woven sacks. We sit in silence watching the scene and revelling apple seeds seamlessly, as bullet-shaped pools breathe dust to air and nightmares disappear under thin wisps. Saharan palm tree pages laced with a guitar of secrets, an unveiled wizard gift of ribbons and tied at your feet as camels bow on ivory padded knees the glimmer of gold horseshoes striking light in desert heat skipping through soviet nursery factories on hums of laughter and checkered shrieks green and blue plug their fingers too zap them i zap them their chests went poof Gas pipes strip onto white dressed mystery, cooling under scout socks and tightly laced military boots, where a sun hat cloaks the beige green rucksack, smack bang in the middle of my Polish panic attack. Ring a ring electricity, pocket filthy and bloody, shot them, I shot them, their heads went boom. Film reel unwinding the wheel spinning tapes, an auburn head patient staggers through puddles. Where doctors lie twisted, rotting in a blood flood. Wow, this is this has quite the depth behind it, um, and there's so much. There's so much behind this, and ultimately, it, it, it to me it looks like someone who has had all of this. Gosh, it, it's hard to describe, but especially at that end there, it's almost like someone who has let this world just go and uh, twist inside of them and, and hurt them so much and make their minds so 
wild that they turn into some type of uh, some type of shooter. Uh, I'm, I, I look at that that ending there. It almost looks like there's someone who it becomes a mass shooter and and takes them out, takes a bunch of people out. And look at that ring-a-ling, electricity, pocket filthy and bloody. Shocked them. I shocked them with their heads. Went boom. Yeah, and that, that's kind of uh, that's kind of what I saw here and what I felt here is just something to that effect. And uh, I'm going to introduce all the people who showed up here in a second, but I'm going to get some comments for this poem itself. I'm going to start with Linda. Linda, what do you think? Linda, are you there? She actually might be busy this time. Bella, what do you think? Hey, this is this one is a very interesting, right? Like all the topics, all the graph. I mean, um, it has different focuses in every um, parts, like a different kind of vignette, uh, actually. Um, but uh, on the second part here. Not the second part, but I don't know. When uh, Rob was talking about the Catalonian sparkles, I am I thinking the same thing that uh, he was talking about the struggle for Catalonia, uh, the one that happened in Spain. This one is about more politics, and um, that's what I can see the vignette was about. Uh, how your perception about things that goes around you, or what's going on around. But like I said, um, he probably reads a lot of books or articles while he's, oh, whenever he's busy. Because for you to entune or to for you to take out all the uh, history and put it in a poem, then you have to shed a lot of time uh, for you to put it all in a structure like this. And to think that it's bits of pieces of what um, what's going on in his mind, blurry abstract vision. But then again, you have to really think and then piece it together for you to be able to decipher what was he thinking during that time. Absolutely beautiful work here. Thank you, Rob. All right. Before I get the next comment, I want to welcome to the show Rose. Hello, Rose. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. I hope everybody's well. Hi, Bella. Hi, Rose. Hi there. I always pronounce her name wrong. I always pronounce her name as Rosie. It's Rose. Thank you, Rose. Yeah, she changed it to Rose. After I I kept on calling her Rose, I think that's why she changed it. I don't know. <laughs> actually, actually, it, it was Irish Rose in the beginning, and then I went. I I dropped out of AP for a little bit, and so then when I came back, somebody else had taken my handle. So I had to make it rosy, so I had to fix it, so I went back to Irish Rose with space. <laughs> Excellent. And let's also welcome to the show Sweet P. Hello, Sweet. Hello, Ken. Hello, Hi, Sweet. Hello. Hey, Sweet. Hello, All right. Everybody. Let me get um, uh, Boo, what do you think about Rob's poem? 
Mundane acts of love. Oreos and cupcake mixed for this weekend's movie night. Milk for the kids and almond milk for her and Tony. And more of that new dark roast coffee. What was it called? Toilet paper, paper towels, dish soap, and laundry soap. Ketchup, salsa, tuna, hamburger, pork chops, and a Sunday roast. Foods for the dog, the hamster, the cat, and the hummingbirds. Cursing the grossy gods for her daily trips to their altar. She faced the decision of self-checkout or full service. She smiled knowing the mundane acts of shopping was done with the love. Her last thoughts as she lay dying. Dedicated to victims and families in Boulder, Colorado. March 22, 2001. Live your life in love. Oh wow. This is this is powerful. This is so so freaking powerful. And I, I think that we've been talking about this quite a bit. I know that Joseph Moon recently did a poem on this as well. Um there is an act a there's senseless, senseless um acts that uh, we as human beings see and do and we just got to grab a hold of realizing that we are all humans we all live under the same house it's why i called our house our house because we live under the same house we're together we are part of this human race and we're 
And really and truthfully, us as poets have the loudest voice of all. And we have got to put our voices out there, let people know what's going on. For crying out loud, people, we need to get along in this society. We need to get along as people. We need to get along, uh, and we need to stop this. We, we do. Yeah, I went to war. Fine. Fine. I went to war, okay? But it doesn't mean the war has to continue on here and has to continue on in a freaking grocery store. Come on, people. Let's pull it together. Let's get our heads out of our, our, our rear ends, and let's do something that's worthwhile. Excellent job, sweet. Thank you. Uh, Linda, can you comment to this? Yeah, am I back? Yeah, I'm back. Um, I, I I think this was, like, very sweet. Um, and... You know, I was just off the phone with my daughter when you guys were noticing. I don't know if you noticed I was gone, but I had to pick up a call. And and these are the kind of things that are so important. And I have to say one thing, that going to the grocery store on the day I die would be a very, very wanting thing because I'm doing it with people I love and doing it for the reasons I love. And I just think this was a fantastic little piece, you know. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of heart choked right now because I just talked to my daughter and uh, my grandson reminded reminded her that he could whistle now, which I just found out. We just did the whistle thing. That's what inspired my poem tonight. And uh, and uh, he said he could whistle. And I said, oh, yeah, can you whistle in, in and out? And he's like, no, just in. Aww. <laughs> I'm like, Grandma wins again. No, I'm serious. I'm kidding. Um, but this was like a heartfelt little poem about those those little tiny things we do on a daily or weekly basis that don't seem to be that important until they're done. And And that's what keeps us going, the little things that 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 we do that 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 keeps us going until the end but i love this little poem so uh sweet pea i i just love you when you write like this thank you so much for sharing it thank you um rose what did you think oh man this was this was painfully poignant and like you said, too, I have to reiterate that, that it was powerful. Um, it makes me appalled at our society, and it makes me feel grief. And um, I'm like you. When are we going to stop this insanity? I mean, this is what we're, you know, we are going to have to address. And uh, I hold, you know, what you said was really quite right on. Um, 
somehow we're going to have to get a hold of ourselves and stop killing each other for insanity. Great right. Thank you. Great comment. Bella, what do you think? Actually, I heard this. Uh, I heard Sweet read this poem like, last week, I think. Right, Sweet? And, yes. And uh, that was just... Yeah, that was also the time that I um, heard about the news, what happened what? there. And uh, no matter how much you want to rally yourself and then tell people to stop hurting other people because they're only hurting innocent ones, still it's not enough for you to stop them because their thoughts is already fixed in there. And the saddest part is... These people that they seriously harm, they have family of their own. And um, I love going out, like going to the grocery. I spent like five hours walking around, and then I smile in the light. But um, for you to go back to that part, I mean, to that same store, same place, it's um, where the happiness inside your heart is a little bit it's going to be weird for me knowing that something uh, mad happened in there. And like I said, sweet, this kind of writing is um, something that will embark uh, memories and also something that uh, I can put a lot of um, respect on because it's not very, very easy to write um, something from the what you have heard or what you have witnessed and placing it in a paper with your heart in it. Thank you very much, Sweet, for sharing you. This is you. Thank you. And Raz, we're going to let you have the last say on this, and then we're going to put your poem onto the board. Yeah, this shows uh, definitely that kind of intimacy you have with relationships in uh, the 30s, even throughout 60 or so marriages, there's always the coffee brew in the morning, and then just pondering how you're going to set about and uh, get everything done for the day. Thanks, Raz. Excellent. Well, thank you, Sweet, for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And uh, Raz, you're up. Yeah, what would be the point of being out of my mode and actually uh, not try to stay for the whole show? So that's why I called back, although for a second there was a preoccupation, but it got taken care of pretty fast. And here there's a member board group, Rob Cohen, is uh, one of the group members called The Benchers, where I based this poem. You were asked by uh, the actual recruiters if you could find one to describe what it would be like to be a bencher. And so uh, using that metaphor, I decided to write uh, the poem, The Bench. And... uh, what there is of the group is a kind of a cynical cynicism with modern life. So that definitely 
shows up in this right, the bench. The bench. Sitting here on the bench. Economical losses, fifth or sixth percentages. Prefect, motor peg. It's the running engine hood, clenching the oily monkey wrenches. Even Humphrey Long at literary loggers caught it quitters, playing chicken with the turnpike revers. Canceled series in the great forgery of the greatest beautiful Shakespearean sonnet. Obsessive compulsive Gary Gilmore, whose fame was brief by comparison to his father, bring them up, bring them young, holding up the handkerchief gas station strong with the dentine on ice. Junk food stuff, grub and hub, lunges for the exit doors, confining the expressway from the next route run. Conacon artists of honest truth, that man on the bus bench meant you no wrong cursing at the legal grounds of the baked pavement to the hell which he had insinuated listening when the armored trucks flowed down the French Bastille, chaotic, life-harrowing socialite night, or doubtful double speakers, the audio wire ringers around the innocent bystander and the holistic plying, pulling, riling. The Norman Mailer execution table is a guillotine Rubber duckling of the tabloid Vogue supermodels, adequate laced and boxed up pill habits when the birth control baby was eight years late. What sort of political rage to the president answering monotonously yes or no to the biration commiserate teleprompter? TV Guide's heart attack is a constant need looking for beat drum kicks and popular niches on the 5G web. Psychologists no longer require to consider mental health a problem, except academics. A billion people or more are not going to agree to medicate or quietly vaccinate for fertility sterility reasons. Seems the bench warrant is underneath first and home plate with stripped duct tapes, stereophonic saliva packets, and a used violin, ebo cord sharp as Jagger microphone cord when he's on call waiting to Amazon from his smart home. The umpire mass has digital components and the information been altered with deep state actors. QAnon is calling Trump loss at the second nomination, the second coming of JJ Chris Blitz and the word has not reached the galaxy beyond this Intel galaxy with the earth signals on the NyQuil traffic light, Greenpeace Go. Contrasted to the extinct black melancholy in Astral Straits. Get off the bench. Get in the game. Coach, that field is flooded with the walking dead. I don't want to swim the Louisville slugger to not sit here on the bench and incision the impossible state of atomic agencies being decommissioned to think of the practical action. End poem. You know, I really like this piece. I, I, I see a lot uh, contained within it that I don't think if they did, people didn't know who you are, uh, they would miss some of these things. And uh, I see when you when you wrote it two days ago and, and you describing what happened with uh, – with your blogcast, and that's fine. We don't have to mention it here, but 
I see you uh, in, incorporated a little bit of that story into here, which was very clever. And then you also talked about the uh, dependency that we have on everything uh, smart, uh, which I think is kind of dumb. But <laughs> I think I, I'm, I'm one of those people that think that smart, total smart technology is kind of stupid. But I think that you've done an amazing job, and I really, really enjoyed that piece. And it was a, it was a great tribute to that whole that whole process in itself. So, excellent job. Let me get some comments for you. I'm going to start with uh, Rose. Rose, what do you think about that? Rose, are you on mute? I don't know where Rose went. Okay, so I will uh, call on uh, Linda. Linda. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, that's it. I had to unmute me. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really, <laughs> I really love the depth that this went into. Um, there's so many different facets that are going on in here, but. Yeah, get off the bench, get in the game, get into life. And I really like the message that you sent here. Lots lots of uh, different things to ponder. And like I said again, the depth was really amazing. Great job. Thanks. Wonderful. So let's get uh, Linda's comment on this now. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. It's, you know, get off the bench and get into the game. And for some reason, this reminded me of Malibu in 1976 about what was happening down there at the time. And um, Raz, I, you know, I don't know who you are. Um, I just know you as a good poet. Um, if if there's something I should know about you, um, that would be cool. I'd like to know it. Um, but uh, I found this to be an awesome piece of writing. Uh, you're, you're just so intellectually above at sometimes that your poetry just, it just exudes this, this uh, feeling of, of knowledge and, and in-depth feelings for what's going on in society and, and what have you. But, um, yeah, I I really liked how you did this. Great job. Thank you very much. You see, uh, the character in this piece is reluctant to get into the game because they find most rules to have been sort of distorted or broken how there is all this playing going around, period, with the field. Right, right. Excellent. Uh, Bella, what did no, you think job. about it? I always like Raz's uh, poem. It's very interesting and very um, uh, intriguing for me because his abstract is different compared to other people's, uh, other poets' abstract, and that's the art of poetry. But I, I like um, the fact that um, he included in here... Um, Get off the bench, get in the game. 
couch that feels is flooded with Walking Dead. I don't want to swing the Louis. So this that that one is um, made me think. What was he talking about in here? And uh, was he talking about this kind or this one? And um, it made me battle with my thoughts or with my brain. I, I just want to follow my own brain sometimes. And I get lost in um, with his poem. That's what I, I like about Raz. And I'm so sorry, Raz, if I'm 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 not hitting the target here. But uh, it stunned um, me to read you because um, I really get um, speechless. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to express my thoughts when it comes to you. But thank no, that's you very much. The narrator is being sarcastic <laughs> while they're on a bench. <laughs> I know, but um, the thing is, no matter how much I try to decipher you, Raz, I only get a glimpse of you because your abstraction is something that I cannot, um, it's not what I speak. It's not how I um how I was trained. It's something beyond my circle, which I am not um, very, um, very trained about to do so. That's why whenever I read you, I have to like, you know, my head, it literally tilts left going down and then right going down. And I, I, I kind of try to see where I can really see him. And it's not because I cannot understand him. It's because his abstraction is very deep, and I cannot, I cannot decipher him that much. Thanks, Bob. That's a good thing, That's, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And before before we go on, let us welcome to the show Double O B B himself, Verge. Hey, Verge, how you doing? Big V. Can you guys hear me okay? Because I'm on a different headset this week, so I hope you can hear me better. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you, guys? Hello. How are you? Can you hear me clear? Can you hear me clearly? New headphones. Yes, we can. Super duper. Good. And these headphones are people worth the money. So, yeah, hi, guys. I'm glad to be able to be heard clearly and glad to be on the show. Raz, I don't know what you did with that last poem, but that was serious commentary on it, so I'm going to have to read that down a little bit later. Oh. Wow, this headphones made a difference. No crack of lacking. All right, and here's what we're going to do next. Uh, we are going to go ahead and have Rose read her piece next. And Rose, thank you. you're up. Oh. Okay, thank you. Okay. This is called Deep Dark Places. Uh, I wrote it for a, a contest, and um, it's about jazz. So here we go. Smooth sensations with sexy vibrations that speak straight to the heart. Moving in blue clouded moments on notes that dance and weave, oh, so slowly apart. Pulsing in a sweet jazz blues rhapsody. Oh, man. Hold on. 
right. All right. We are going to do it again because my iPad flipped back. Smooth sensation with sexy vibration that speaks straight to the heart. Moving in blues, solid moments, unnoticed that dance in the oh, so slowly apart. Pulsing in a sweet jazz blues rhapsody, feeling smooth, hot, and strong. <laughs> Moving up and down, the sound resounds, syncopated, filling in those hot spaces, so In dark breeze moments, Bound and bound, closely, oh, closely held in your arms. With a night tucked in deep heated breath, floating between sweet, sweeping levels breath that swings and dances in dark places with the beat captures the spot. Stirring a melody, a jazz tin symphony, in the way down deep, deep, deep. In the heart that smoldered in your heat, where your embers mutually talk as we dance to that sweet, sweet, indigo art. In poem. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That timing was spot on there. I'll tell you what, when I lived in uh, Savannah, Georgia, they had this one place that, you know, they got they got this place called Market Square, and you got all these businesses that go around the square and such, but right in the middle of Market Square, you had this, this, uh, this uh, stairway that went down underneath the street, and what that was was an underground jazz club right there in the middle of Savannah, Georgia. And oh, that's what this remi- that's what this reminded me of is going going over to Market Square, going down into that underneath the street to hear hear them playing jazz, and they're letting it fill your soul and and letting it uh, just move your body the way it, only jazz can do. And I think that that is a, a masterful masterful piece that you put together there. Right? Wonderful, wonderful job. Um, let's start out with uh, Raz. Raz, what did you think of that? Yes, uh, this performance was remarkable, like you were saying. She definitely has that flow, like a, a Kerouac beat novel or something you expect from the 40s and 30s, just uh, getting lost in the rhythm of the jazz section and uh holding on close for the rest of the night. Thank you. Wonderful comments on that one. Bella, what do you think about it? This made me smile, you know. Um, Really, it brought a lot of memories back when I um, first... uh, Well, when I was an adult already, right? I went to... um, to Spain with my father, and this young man took me to Harlem Jazz Club and um, told me 
that uh, you will not understand just until you step into the Holland Jazz Club, which is quite very interesting because uh, you will see them, um, women just very sex, uh, sexy, and but um, you can still see that they are very um, classy, sexy, you know, and then just clinging on the... Uh, partner's name and then just uh, moving to the beats and so on and so forth. And I, I smile because, you know, it's, I can't dance really. I have two left foot, but I don't know why. But I still try to dance. Um, the thing is, jazz is a very, very sexy uh, music. And I listen to that all the time. And um, a rosy um, line here when he said, the smooth sensations with sexy vibration that speaks straight to the heart. You know, it reminded me of how sleek some men are sometimes. They sounded like jazz. When they talk to you so lovingly, it makes your heart twirl that way. But thank you very much, Rosie. I, this made my night, though. Thank you. Appreciate it. Linda, what do you think? Linda, are you on mute again? I'm on mute again. Um, I just love Rosie's stuff. Um, This piece was very um, spiritually uh, meaningful to me. Uh, how you give the music its own pride and and body to delight us whenever we roam. Um, this was a, a beautiful piece, Rose, musically sweet. Um, you know, I used to, I was raised, uh, when I was a teenager in a recording studio, and we had many, many artists, and it was always music going on. And people that you wouldn't think would be together would come in and make music together. And 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 it was just wonderful and sweet. And I wish that had I saved tapes of that stuff, I, I would be a millionaire right now. But the, your rendition of bringing heart and soul to your music and um, is a wonderful thing. And it really hit my heart like hard. Um, cause I love that kind of stuff, but, uh, great. you did a really great job on this. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Linda. Yeah, for you. And, uh, Verge, you get the last say on this. Yeah, this is, uh, this is really cool. Man. Um, I'm also a, a, a big jazz fan. And in fact, I've been kind of, um, I've been taught to appreciate jazz in the later years of my life, but that album cover is an album that I know well because I have a series um, of that uh, particular the Jazz Masters um, collection. So, in, in reference to the words, I've always I've always kind of felt like really good poetry is suited to jazz music, and this rendition, once Rose got the music done to play all the way through, was really, really well done. I, 
I really liked it. And um, like I say, I, I, I'm a big fan of poetry and jazz being blended together um, because they feel to me like they are something that have a, a very unique synergy, um, which has been well expressed in this piece, bro. So I appreciate this piece a lot. It's got a lot of, it's got a lot of depth and a lot of, a lot of meaning to it for those who appreciate music and those who appreciate the art being putting voice together. So, good job. Very interesting piece. Very interesting. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Very soon. <laughs> Thanks. Where's JC? Thanks for your You're welcome. You're welcome. You're very welcome, Rose. Right? Hello. Is I'm he on you? <laughs> JC's put himself on mute, hasn't he? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think it's time for a little double OBB right now. So. <laughs> Great job. Here we go. Here we go. A fine line. Folks, it is a fine line that clearly defines the road that I walk with words that I write. Because words that I talk may see me in court without Sean or just cause because of, yes, them, those in governments and those who they send to enforce poor judgment. But of course, they'll contend that my wordplay offends and may well stir up trouble and cause violence. But it's okay for them to say what they like and declare their war fights as forms of defense when plans they design keep causing problems. Well, it doesn't seem like their actions are right when every news night the things in our sight keep showing us visions of people who die. Now, that's a fine line I have redesigned from Prince's great song, The Sign of the Time. So, don't get me wrong, my lines are refined and clearly belong where fine lines recline. Each line that I write proves my mind is inclined to write about crimes affecting our lives. And it is a fine line that helps me to find a way to express my anger and stress about how we try to do what is right. But what does this mean in a world so unclean? What do we stand for when going to war? We should take a... And think of our cause. Is making blood pour what we're really here for? If you're thinking yes, are you really sure? How would you feel if the blood pour was yours? Or someone you loved and really cared for? Well, as these lines state, it is a thin line between yes, love and hate. But hating for real won't help us relate. These days it's quite clear the dangers of fear. But that's nothing new. The past given clues of how ignorance fuels individuals to use torture and abuse through cruel food with fools who think hatred is cool. Well, hatred profile does not lead to smiles. It leads to a place that's not quite so great and leads us to leaders who like to dictate, like those around now, who want to clamp down on people like me, whose wordplay so neat that our poetry gives policemen a beat that makes them retreat. See what I mean? My poetry seems as suitably clean and walk a fine line of quality rhymes that bypass extremes because they're inclined to unify mind. See, that's how I'd like my wordplay defined. Speaking your mind should not be a crime unless what you say divides and spreads hate. I'd rather spread love through kisses and hugs while most now indulge in acting like thugs and taking hard drugs when they've had oh, quite enough. People like these make me want to cuss, but these days I'm trying to rise up above these wannabe thugs who spread talk of dying because their words need refining. Things you put out come back, son, don't doubt. Now that's a fine line that's got lots of clouts. I think heavily before running your mouth. Fine lines that I write of upsetting designs are not to start fights, so remember that line. They may cause offence and may cause arguments, but use common sense and reject violence. Keep a cool head like Des Decker said, then pick up a pen rather than make attempts to bring me distress because you want to suppress a view I've expressed that's left you upset. 
this message is sent to those jealous gents who think they're the best at writing fine lines with words that they rhyme well clearly they're blind and out of their mind to think that their rhymes are better than mine those causing us stress are those in governments they plan to divide not see us unite think about that before starting fights black on black crime has been long designed don't you think it's time we start to fight them and their bogus systems that's where i will end this simple poem because words in those lines may cause me problems even though they're just rhymes that flow and define how the words i transcribe really walk a fine line Excellent, excellent, brother. I love this. I love how it goes. I love how you took it. And it is a wake-up call um, because bottom line is um, that blood that was spilt in Baghdad one day was a good friend of mine. It was someone I served with in the Army and I was out there with. I helped him get there. I helped him go there because he wanted to go there so badly he wanted to be with us he wanted this he he um just a couple months before his life was snuffed out he wrote an editorial in his hometown newspaper saying that the greatest way he could think of dying was to die on the battlefield and two months later he died on the battlefield. It's it was his joy, it was his love, it was his everything that he put behind it. And but it was someone else's game. And I recognize that. I recognize that strongly and I recognize that wholeheartedly and it is something that our voices as poets should turn this world upside down. We shouldn't be silent. We should be willing to speak. We should be willing to speak clearly and concisely and right to the point. So I love this piece, and I love what you did with it, brother. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. And Linda... Well, you know how I feel about Burgess' work. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm not on mute. (laughs) I'm off mute now. Okay, well, you guys all know how I feel about Burgess' work. Um, You brought me into this rap stuff, and I'm really enjoying it. This piece was very intense. Um, I loved it from start to finish. It it just um there's uh there's one part in here I'm trying to find it right now. Um, um Oh, like those around now who want to clamp down on people like me whose words play so neat. Uh Virg, you you write so truthfully uh it, to the heart. Um, it's so cool. Um, but I have three questions for you. Okay, go ahead. Can you spit? I do spit. What? Like spit? Can, <laughs> yes. can, can, can you blow a bubble? 
yes. Can you whistle? A little bit. I won't try now because it might. Well, there you go. There. You know what? You're you're all right by me, and no matter what you write, uh, this was phenomenal. Um, you are a man. Uh, it, 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 you know, I'm going through this thing with my grandson about the whistling thing, and uh, I, he whistled the other day, and I said. Um, but can you whistle in and out? And he went, no. <laughs> so I gave him incentives. So he's whistling in and out now. But anyway, um, he ha- will be thoroughly um, impressed by your work. Uh, he's a very intelligent boy. I will turn him on to this piece. Uh, I-, I think that you have an insight into life and heart and soul beyond most people's comprehension. Um, very nice piece of work. Love wow. you, sweetheart. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Linda. I mean, um, what can I say to that apart from thank you? Because it's, it's just writing what comes to me naturally. What I see, what I feel, what I think. I, I don't There you go. I don't view it as being anything more than other people possess. But I guess for some people, when they sort of hear how I connect the dots, as it were, it, it can feel that way. But it's really the stuff that we all see. It's just that I'm fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to put words together in a way where hopefully that makes some sense. And your comment really, as usual, really tells me very deeply. Thank you very much. Right on, right on. I want to see if Bella can still comment or not. I tried to keep, I tried to keep her on for this poem, but I think she had to get pulled off to work. Uh, Raz, Raz, what do you think? Yeah, I would analyze this to be a clear example how there's two different kinds of hip-hop or free verse rhymes. There's the mentor, in which you might find minds like uh, Atmosphere, Logic, Deltron 3030, LL and then you have Street Smarts, what's called gangster rap, like 50 Cent, Tupac, Notorious Big, I would uh, label this to be uh, more along the lines of the mentor type, in which uh, if we found a way of uh, cooperating what we have right now going for us, then through that kind of shared wisdom could we uh, learn to uh, actually see that we're one in the same society. Wow. Um, Thank you, Raz. Uh, the, the the analogy, or the the, 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 analogy, the way you define the two versions of, of hip hop, um, I can't agree with more. Interestingly, I had a conversation with Tanz about Tupac earlier and about this whole this, this adulation that people have for him. And I I can relate, of course, for the gangsters, for the thugs. But when you think about his mother where, and the Black Panthers and people like Fred Hampton having recently Judas and the, the Black Messiah, it's like 
you have the Fred Hansen and you have these individuals who are promoting an incredibly negative form of so-called defying of the system by destroying themselves in the process. And I can't connect with that, which is why I write in the way that I do. And one thing that I will just affirm for you, Rad, in terms of what you said, I was working with a guy here in Barbados. So some, I've done some music with before, and some of you have heard before. And we had a project that unfortunately is not going to ever come to pass, I don't think. And he said at one point to me, he said, you know, Bert, what you offer, or what I offer, is something that a lot of the rappers would find very... It would, it would almost blow a lot of their heads off because of the fact that I'm rhyming in that way that they do with a fluency and a cadence that's right and tight. But I am not talking that crazy, kill each other, you know, disrespect women stuff. Even when I get in those subject matters and those areas, I am trying to be as real whilst being as respectful as possible to others. And I think that this is one of those pieces of, of my um, collection that, that, that offers that type of insight. So I really appreciate what you said, Rad, because you're speaking a lot of truth about what you heard, which is my truth, which is, hey, we don't have to be always pulling each other down to try to lift each other up, if that makes sense. It's like going, it's like the idea of taking guns to war to create peace. It's like, how do the two things marry? And the way that the world is going, we really need to have more of the mentors be the people that we are listening to in terms of music, rather than, as you say, the street educators, because we see what the street education has done to society, and it hasn't done a lot of good things, and it's creating more and more bad things rather than good. So that's really what I want to say to you all about this particular piece, but thank you all for your comments. Yeah, the mentors actually do have that more positive vibe rather than the negative aspects of the genre. And I see you two uh, definitely here speak of uh, us still being equals as Americans, which is very true, even on an international level with some of these verses. You have a kind of style of gentleman sincere who wants to point us in the right direction. That's what I'm seeing here in your freestyles. Yeah, absolutely, Rad, spot on, man. Um, I couldn't agree more, as I said. I, I find it difficult to get people to embrace that side of what I'm offering, but that is exactly what I'm trying to offer. All right, and we're, we are going to go ahead and move on here, but before we move on, let us welcome to the show, Better Late Than Never, Salva. <laughs> Hello. I had a hi, Hello, hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone in the house. Hello. <laughs> hi. All right, and we're we're gonna we're gonna to, first of all say say hello to Momo out on the uh, board, and uh, she has asked me to read her piece. We're gonna do her piece, and then we'll do Selwa's piece right afterwards. So let can, me can go ahead and read her? this. Can I ask you what's, before what's you? Can you can you do the sound card? I'm so exhausted. I had a really crazy day today. If it's okay to put the sound cloud, if it's okay, rather than me reading. 
talk. Sure, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go, and I'll, uh, hopefully, hopefully it's up there. And uh, if not, I'll I'll get it uploaded as I do the uh, do the comments for Momo. But here we go. This is called Thank you. The Summer King by Momo, uh, uh, a collaboration with uh, Davik. And it goes like this: Overarching newborn smiles, yellow sun on green leaves, greenish yellow. Chrysobero, oasis of the summertime, the promise of dozen flowers to monkeys of golden branches, summer's sins would be redeemed by salted mango slices. The albums of memories, echoes of simpler past, with crazy hung on its arms and cuddling the long leaves. The scent of summer mangoes pulls us closer the seed when eyes closes for a dream, for emerald is like a magnet. The rooftop of boyhood life shines among fallen leaves. The treasure hunt for another bite with bees, monkeys, and crazy sunlit. The stories of little granny merge the flavored palate Within Mother Queen's dishes, the golden, salty slices, the taste of Manifera Indicta connects the lands of global with secular of mango nations. The lessons is not complicated. The gift of Indian summer wrapped among emerald leaves of decades whiff and scent loops for a time travel to youth when all was all. The last slice of seasonal bite portrays of unheard prattle of mighty trunk and the poet under the shades of nature's battle. End poem. Oh, wow. I, I love this. I love this. I'm, I'm, I'm going into story time right now because this is uh, bringing me... Uh, down to a story of when I graduated um, from, uh, did I graduate from mil- basic training military? or No, it was graduation from high school. My uh, dad went down to visit a uh, war buddy of his down in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, and I got to go with him. And uh, it was the first and only time I have ever had fresh mangoes off of a tree. And I swore I was in heaven. I couldn't get enough of them. I I wanted them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They were so good. And this, this, this poem right here reminds me of that flavor, reminds me of that one thing. Yes, there is a commonality that we can all grab a hold of that I think that uh, she has done a brilliant part of grabbing, you know, uh, relating each of us to and I really really love how uh, she ended up doing that uh, Linda what did you think uh, Linda are you on mute <laughs> probably on mute anyway <laughs> this piece was like very uh, it was full of flavor and and visuals and the imagery was wonderful 
Um, I could taste the mangoes. You know, I love a good mango, but uh, to see them ripen, uh, being told that they're ripening on the bush and that they're ready to be eaten and and, and they, they occur um, memories in the past. Um, this was just a lovely piece of remembering certain textures and scents and smells and 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 tastes, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful piece. Thank you. Yeah, when I was uh, when I was straight out of high school, I still had growing to do. I, I I wasn't my full six foot two, but I think I was six foot one. And I could barely reach the low, the low-hanging fruit uh, of the mango tree, and I, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, Raz, what did you think? Of that? Yeah, Raz, this is uh, definitely a flowing outpour of uh, what you have with uh, tropical fruits. And uh, in this regard, there's a a heavy sense of potpourri of what the verses are stating, and yet you can't help but want to reach out for that fruit because they do such a clever work of uh, drawing it up for you with uh, mere words until you're almost salivating for a a little bit of what it would be like to bite into that nectar flesh. Wonderful comment. Uh, Virg, what do you think? (laughs) You're not going to hate me, man, because when I first moved to Barbados, I had a mango tree that literally out of my bedroom window, I could reach out and pull the mango right off the branches. I would come downstairs, uh, and because obviously I went to that house had like iron bars in the window. When mango season came, I'd have mangoes on the floor. Like, I mean, like, like five, 10, maybe 15 mangoes on, on certain days. I have monkeys that would come and raid the mango tree to get the mangoes before they even ripen. And this poem just took me right back to my old place. Uh, I lived there for about six years when I first moved here. And there was nothing, as I said in the comic, like a sweet, ripe mango. This is a beautiful homage to the, the fruit, the, the, <laughs> the, the, I don't know, the, the, just the, the, the taste, the sensation that you get when you take that first bite of a mango. I absolutely loved it. It was very, it's very interesting the way that they collab to do this. Um, some great language as well. Some great fiction is used. Uh, Magnifera Indica. Uh, I, you know, some of the stuff in it is very diverse and it's quite, it takes you away from the, the, the mango at points, but all I can think about now, and that's why I love this one so much, is those mangoes on the tree and the fact that, like you said, JC, I feel sorry for you that it was such a rarity for you to get to that place. But believe you me, for months upon end, I would come out and just go up on my wall, pull down a branch, 
get myself a fresh, juicy, sweet Barbadian mango. Nothing like it. Great piece of poetry. Enjoy it very much. Really like it. Yep. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're as sweet as the ones in West Palm Beach right when they ripened because, oh, my God, those are so good down in Florida. But, yeah, I understand exactly what you're talking about there. And uh, we have a lot, uh, sorry, sorry, Jason, just to finish, we have a lot of different varieties of mango here. We don't just have one. Okay. We have a lot. But anyway, go ahead, Sawa. And Sawa. Oh, my goodness. Talking about mango, just bought some yesterday. <laughs> I love mango. Uh, Momo, it's a brilliantly delicious, really delicious. Um, I can see my face like everyone else reaching out of the tree, smell it and feel it and taste it melt in my mouth. <laughs> you make me go crazy now. <laughs> I want to go eat one <laughs> and bring me back to special memories. Um, so I love the the one that says... Um, the taste of Mexico and Dika connects the land of global with secular of mango nation. The lesson is not complicated. It's so beautiful. I mean, I also I like how she made the monkeys. Also, it's not only we enjoy it. Also, mango, uh, monkey enjoy the mango. <laughs> I just love that. It made me smile. I see the monkey reaching out and eating the mango. It's just beautifully done. Awesome. Such a good. <laughs> We all need to get together, head over to Barbados just for mangoes, okay? Yes, I was going to say that. Have a visit. Uh, gonna... <laughs> listen, listen, you heard yourself, okay? You have mangoes alone, but leave my mangoes alone. <laughs> well, we'll raid, we'll raid your neighbor. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Oh, we'll, fight off the the we'll fight off the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I did get it into there, and we're going to listen you. to this I'm really Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Ooh. A rupture, une rupture. I love you, but I left. I would like to start with my love to be read by your distant eyes. The only thing I'm sure about is late hours that I love you. Yet we hardly knew each other, never met face to face. Our long exchanges pacified my heart. A chance to meet, the fate has stolen it. Love suddenly took me down a path I'll never take. An invisible shadow separated us. Love you, I love your humanity, your hidden tenderness. I know I will have made you the happiest man. I would have given you my love, my purity, my whole self, my life. And you, would you have loved me with an immense love? I was eager to know you more than you were eager to know me. My fears and my weakness you didn't like. Anguish if not understanding my anxiety hurt my heart. Your imperfection, I understood the roots and accepted them. I regret that I left you quickly. Really, I love you, surely you know. My heart loves you, love never born. It's true, I'm shy. However, my heart desires that you eyes and flame make me blush for real. My heart still loves you, 
and you'll resonate in my dreams. When the river will flow, I will feel lonely. My desires will hunt me. My ailment will weigh me down with sorrow. I will close my eyes and remember I will let the rain wash my pain. In the mountain, bury my tears at his foot. Je t'aime, mais je t'ai quitté. Je voudrais commencer par mon amour pour être lu par tes yeux lointains. La seule chose dont je suis certaine à cette heure retardive, c'est que je t'aime. Pourtant, connaissant à peine, jamais rencontré face à face, nos longs échanges m'ont paralysé le cœur. Les chances de se rencontrer, le destin l'a volé. L'amour m'a amené soudainement sur un chemin que je n'ai jamais pris. Une ombre invisible nous a séparés. Je t'aime, j'aime ton humanité, ta tendresse cachée. Je sais que j'aurais fait de toi un homme le plus heureux. Je t'aurais donné mon amour, ma pureté, tout mon moi, ma vie. Et toi, tu m'aurais aimé d'un immense amour. J'avais hâte de te connaître plus que tu n'avais hâte de me connaître. Mes peurs et mes faiblesses étant plus guerres. L'angoisse de ne pas comprendre mon angoisse me faisait mal au cœur. Les imperfections, j'ai compris leurs racines, je les ai acceptées. Je regrette de t'avoir quitté trop vite. Vraiment, je t'aime. Certes, tu le sais. Mon cœur t'aime, un amour jamais né. C'est vrai, je suis timide. Toutefois, mon cœur désire que les yeux enflamment, me fassent rougir pour de vrai. Mon cœur t'aime toujours et tu résonneras dans mes rêves. Quand la rivière coulera, je me sentirai seule. Mes désirs me honteront, mes mots m'alourdiront de chagrin. Je vais fermer les yeux et me souvenir. Je laisserai la pluie laver ma douleur. La montagne enterrer mes larmes à ses pieds. End of poem. Wow. This, this is absolutely stunning. Um, the one thing that really gets me is that uh, last stanza. Uh, when the river flows, I will feel lonely and my desires will haunt me. My ailments will weigh me down with sorrow. I will close my eyes and remember. I will let the rain wash my pain and the mountain bury my tears at its foot. There's something fascinating about rain and a mountain. And what happens is the rain usually falls near the top of the mountain and it washes down the sides, and it chips away at that mountain, taking away the minerals and the gemstones and the gold and everything that is precious within that mountain itself, and it puts it at its feet. It puts it at its base. It puts it in those streams that are running right at the base of those mountains. If you want to find gold, if you want to find rubies, if you want to find the, the, the things that are the most precious from that mountain itself, mm -hmm. 
you go where the rain ends up taking those things. And I think that that right there is such a powerful, powerful image within this poem itself. There's a lot of what-ifs in this poem, but ultimately it shows some great beauty uh, within those what-ifs, and I, I really, really enjoyed that part of it. Wonderful Thank job, you. Thank you. Raz, Raz, what do you think? Yeah, like all of Sala's poetry, there's a fundamental element here of pure verse, and uh, she brings it about in pointing out uh, how these tears will fall underneath the mountainside. Ending it on that note, it's uh, really one of tremendous significance that the mountain represents... uh, extreme solitude or something that cannot be broken and yet the tears will actually reside there underneath its foot like she said so it it seems that uh, despite uh, there were the challenges in love that they do not uh, overcome the tears however long or high the mountains Thank you, Rob. Wonderful. And b- before I get the last comment of the night, I want to say that we are going to read every other poem that we missed on our house on Wednesday. I am stunned that I even made it through this night the way I'm feeling. Uh, just uh, wish me to get better. That's all I got to say, everybody. I want to oh, thank Linda, Linda, Wayne, Dave, Raz, Rack, Bella, Polly, Rose. Sweet Pea, Burge, Sella, Offer, Calling Up, Patrick, Lizzie, Joseph Moon, Soul, Irish, Momo, for being out on the board. We really appreciate wow. all you guys. Thank Boo for everything that she does. It was a very awesome night of poetry. And uh, with that, let's give Verge the final say. <laughs> Thank you, JC. Um, so, uh, I mean, you, we've been having our own private conversations in the last day or so, and I'll just send you a very a long message. But fundamentally, this is outstanding. This is beautiful. This is love. This is positivity. This is poetry. This is the purity of, of, of just, just expressing the deepest emotions and the deepest feelings of love. Uh, I love the music. I, this is one of the times where the music complemented your um, rendition of the words. What a way to end the show. What a great piece of poetry. And what a positive way to move into the next week. This is fantastic. As ever, your love is <laughs> truly boundless. And it is one of those things that we all, as I keep saying, should appreciate to be filled. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And JC, I hope you do feel better. I'm sorry I was so late, but I have people who spoke to me this week know I've had a pretty rough week as well, but not a health signal and a, a personal one. But as I say, this poem has certainly lifted my mood, and I hope it gets yours as well. Good night, everyone. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, I'll get better, folks. Don't worry about that. This, I don't know what's going on today. I just don't feel 
100% myself. So we will we'll get better. We'll get through this, and uh, let's play a little uh, outro song. Uh, Bella, did you did you want to cut in? Yes. Um, sorry about my voice, though. Um, that was a lovely. I, I love the uh, SoundCloud that uh, Sawa presented here. Uh, Sawa, I promise you, I'll type you a very, very beautiful comment on this. But um, oh, I'm saving you. my breath for thinking JCA. JCA, I know it's hard to um, conduct this kind of um, get-together with a family, especially when you're feeling ill or something, and I can understand that. But thank you very much for this, and do as well, and be familiar. Thank you. I have respect for you, Jay. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And uh, with that, let me go play a little... Uh song on the way out there. I love this song. Mm-hmm.